Hey everyone, and welcome to Talking ELT, the easiest place to learn about the big issues in language teaching. Today, we're continuing a conversation about self-regulated learning with Nathan, Hayo, and Fleur. And in this last episode of the series, I'd really like to explore the roles of assessment and technology. We've already touched briefly on the role of assessment um, and the need of learners to self-assess and briefly on the role of exams and how they may impact our approach to self-regulated um, learning. Um, but I kind of want to go more broadly into the relationship between self-regulated learning and assessment. And I guess my first question is, how can we assess learners' ability to self-regulate? I think one of the main things that we can do as teachers when we're working with our students to to bring in some kind of assessment to this, especially with regards to the framework and our, our area of self-assessment, is to start small. Um, mm. With having students complete a task, maybe within the classroom, uh, within that time frame of a single session, and then having them keep a, a log of basically mm. what they're doing as they go through they're completing that task. It could be something as simple as a listening task. You know, when you, when you first found out that you were going to listen to this lecture, for example, what did you do? Mm. Did you do anything to prepare? What was going through your mind? Mm. When, the, when the lecturer first started speaking, how did you react? What was, what was going on? It's this kind of idea of just really trying to break down the process of whatever the task is and getting them to think through and to be metacognitively aware. So metacognition being thinking about thinking. So thinking about what was going on in your mind while you were engaging in that task or, or listening to that lecture, for example. Um, starting with something small within the class, but having that documented in some kind of detail that the learner keeps track of themselves and then can share with a peer, can discuss with a peer, can um, submit to the teacher at the end of the class. And maybe the, the teacher chooses some very detailed examples to discuss in the next session, for example. Mm -hmm. um, this, this can be quite powerful and can be manageable in terms of something that takes place within the classroom that's, that's guided by the teacher but that the students are leading themselves in terms of, in terms of monitoring their own processes. Mm. And then in terms of assessing that, I think it's not necessarily about whether the students chose the best strategies or, or whether they went through every step you know, perfectly the first time or, or anything like that, but it's about the depth of their reflection. And it's about mm. whether or not they're being critical of their own learning and whether or not they're aware of what they're doing. A lot of times just just being able to, to write down very specifically what was the process like when you completed that challenging task can be, can be very effective for mm. making learners aware or you know, both of what they're doing and what they're not doing, especially if they're sharing with a, with a peer and they're, um, and they're you know, becoming aware of how someone else approached a very similar task. That can be quite informative and teachers can assess as, as I said previously, the depth of that reflection and whether or not they've engaged in that. Mm. And also whether they've, they've made changes as a result mm. of their reflection. Of course, of right? course. Because you, you don't want to necessarily, as you said, punish someone for getting it wrong the first time. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a learner who is able to reflect on what they did, mm. recognize that there were changes that should have been, that could be made, and then gets it right a second or a third time, uh, rather than somebody who gets it right, but you know, perhaps by chance yeah. uh, the first yeah. time. Mm. And that's a kind of a gentle way of doing it then, isn't it? Sort of pointing it out and then they don't feel so bad about it. And I also think that what you were saying is, is just really useful for speaking and writing in particular because the students often struggle with those two skills. Um, and it also helps the less confident students because they can look at the process and think, well, actually, I did quite a few things 
in the process well, even if the end result maybe wasn't so good. But, you know, the process has showed good intentions and that gives a bit more confidence next time. Yeah, I think writing is a really interesting one, especially like writing a short essay, for mm -hmm. example, because it's something concrete. It's this artifact that the learner can then look at and as they're sort of putting together their reflection or as they're putting together their you know, log or series of actions that, 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 that they used in order to, to complete it. Um, so I think starting with something short like that within the classroom, even within a single session, and then slowly branching out to maybe, maybe two sessions or a week, or it becomes a task they complete on their own that mm -hmm. they have to then document or what they were doing. Maybe it's linked to uh, extensive reading or listening that they're doing outside of the normal sort of day-to-day -day kind of classroom activities. But it's starting with that single session and then branching out to, to something that could be a, a final term assignment. So not only do you submit the assignment at the end, maybe it's this big essay you've been working on, mm. but you also submit your log, mm. your, your log mm. of, of how you went about completing that. So the process and the product are then mm. balanced um, between. Yeah, and, and uh, also, as you said, you, know, you, you start off small and then you, you expand or you, know, you, you expect more from your students in terms of the depth of their reflection, but also the range of aspects of the of their learning experience that they can reflect on and you might use the framework explicitly and, and you know ask your learners um, maybe towards the end of a, a semester or a course to you know reflect on um, whether they feel that they're better able now to identify their needs and maybe give an example of that, whether they have learned to set more practical, pragmatic, meaningful goals, whether they're able to monitor their progress and what new strategies that they've developed, for example. So you can actually, over time, um, make learners actively aware of the different aspects of self-regulated learning because in the long term that's what you want them to be able to do independently without any of your support right yeah and in doing that and in, in making it a dialogue making it an interaction with students um you know emphasizing that they're not being graded assessed or judged on on necessarily the decisions that they made but it's that again the depth of reflection and it's it's being aware of the process and making some, even perhaps some, some critical comments about their own learning, you know, saying that, you know, maybe there are certain aspects of this assignment or this task that I didn't do very well, but here's what mm -hmm. I think about it now in hindsight, yeah. or this is what I would do next time, yeah, like for that. example. And that's yeah. so powerful, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah and that kind of, I think that, that kind of gives maybe struggling learners an opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of bridge that gap because it's not just about the final product. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe if they were only assessed on the essay, for example, if that's yeah. the task, maybe they, they, they would have gotten a slightly lower grade, but then they reflected very critically on the process they went through in writing that essay, for example, and that kind of uh, maybe brings them up a notch. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is where yep. we get into rubrics and assessment and other things like that. But I think it's, again, that, that, that equal focus on process and product or... or mm closely related mm, absolutely i suppose a follow-up question i have then is um we've talked a bit about assessing learners um but i kind of want to flip this a bit and ask if a if a school implements a self-regulated learning program um and teachers in the institution are trying to improve self-regulation um how can we assess the value and the impact of that program both on learners and the institution as a whole? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it's the value added, isn't it? And in a way, it's, it is a value question, meaning as an organization, as a community, 
you have to ask yourself, you have to clarify, what do we value? Okay. Right? So if you value, for example, that your learners are able to work well in teams, mm. you know, that they're able to collaborate well or able to communicate well, well, then if you find that your learners are able to do that better at the end of a, a year or a semester or whatever, then you have achieved that particular goal. And this is where we go back to the earlier conversation around the mismatch that we sometimes see because schools and individual teachers might be working very, very hard to help learners develop you know, critical thinking skills and you know the ability to self-regulate their learning. And then, unfortunately, they're assessed using one end-of-year exam and doesn't. that doesn't ask no. uh, about that. But I think if you, stray, if you stay true to yourself, whether it's, it's as an individual teacher or as a group of teachers or a community school, uh, then there are many ways in which you can, of course, identify whether what you value has been achieved. For example, through the tools that that uh, Nathan just mentioned, right, um, and and you're able to recognize both learners' progress as well as teachers' contributions to that progress. So, to continue our conversation around this, we're living in a world where technology is always changing and it's having a big impact on our lives. What is the role of technology in all of this? How does technology impact self-regulated learning? Yeah, that's a, a, an interesting. Uh, question, another one of your very broad uh, questions, Chris, so thanks for that one. <laughs> I love um, making you think. This well, isn't meant to be easy. No, it, it, it clearly isn't, but I think broadly speaking you can actually use the framework and the top and the bottom half and answer that question separately for, okay. for each. So if we look at the, the pedagogical aspect, there's obviously a lot of things, a lot of tools that are available to both teachers and learners that can help for example, uh, help you keep track of what you're learning, where you are in the process, you know, logs and online journals, etc. Or even portfolios that help learners and of course teachers mm -hmm. to get a sense of what a learner has been doing and as well as their reflections on that learning etc um, and so there's a lot of um, a lot of um, resources uh, that will help with each of the different aspects of of the the framework okay um, I'm just looking at it now here on the screen take for example setting goals well there are there are hundreds of mm -hmm. useful applications that help you to prioritize goals and you know keep track of of them etc and as a teacher if you can integrate that into your classes in some way that could be a very helpful resource for learners to be able to continue to use uh, in into to the future um, at the institutional level, the, the the top half, I think the um, the the benefits of technology lie, um, I think, significantly in the area of monitoring whether learners are um, engaging in self-regulated learning behaviors. So, learning management systems, uh, as well as learning analytics, can give organizations, teachers, uh, and administrators quite detailed insight into the kinds of uh, learning practices that learners uh, do, for example, in, in online environments. And uh, an example of that would be um, uh, School X has a learning management system. The teachers uh, post uh, homework or online assignments, etc. And uh, the school is able to extract information from that uh, from that learning management system to indicate, to show how much time learners are spending on uh, the different online tasks that they have, whether they use the online journal tool or not, uh, whether they, uh, for example, submit revisions of their essays or whether they just submit one version. Of course, if a learner submits multiple revisions, it means that they've obviously done some sort of reflection uh, and that they've engaged in some sort of self-regulated learning. So there are a lot of opportunities there for organizations to 
use technology uh, at, at both the pedagogical as well as the administrative side of the, the process. And I think that's especially beneficial with the idea of learners uh, engaging in out-of-class learning, for example, because it's not necessarily something in the learning management system where everyone has to go and access, but maybe a, a pool of resources uh, for a self-access sort of online center that learners may have and even coming coming down to numbers about what or how many resources are being accessed and what resources are accessed instead of others. And it could be a situation where... Um, the, the organization or the group of teachers believes that there's a, a really, you know, a resource that, that's on being underused and maybe brings that into the classroom and says, hey, I just want to bring this to your attention. I see not, not a lot of people are accessing this resource. Um, mm. So let mm. me tell you, let me take five minutes to tell you about it. And then, yep. and then maybe you, you might want to, to use this for your own self-study. I think that's often the case with something like online practice activities. Of course. Students don't always see the importance of doing those and yeah so then a, a teacher could highlight it and say well you know I see not many people who have been using them and I think I think that's yeah it's a it's it's a good point that even some of the simplest technologies mm. like online practice which has been we've been around for years um are play an important role in this in this mm. framework in this cycle mm. and teachers can get an idea at a class level of of what percentage of people are doing what and also down to an individual level which gives them a lot more information to work on and helps personalize you know the learning for each for each student thank you all for joining me today to discuss self-regulated learning it's been really great having you here um and i've learned a lot i hope i hope everyone listening has too um i guess i have i have one final question which is if you had if you had one takeaway for teachers who are looking to help their students self-regulate who are looking to get involved more with this with this process um what what would you say what's 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 your what's your final takeaway for them i would say don't put it off and think oh i'll do it next week i'll do it next month i'd say start tomorrow and do something small Mm. and keep building on that excellent yeah, for me, I think, first of all, congratulations for making it this far because you're listening to a podcast about self-regulated learning. <laughs> you're um, clearly a self-regulated learner yourself. <laughs> so I, I, I would uh, say uh, very similarly, you know, you've, you've, you've made the investment and at least the time investment to listen to what we've had to say in this podcast and the different topics that we've spoken on. Uh, don't be afraid to then engage the position paper to attend, you know, online seminars and workshops and basically just get involved with learning more about what others are doing and and Mm. what the recommendations are within the paper. So uh, keep taking those steps. Yeah. I would say two things. One, self-directed, self-regulated teachers make self-regulated learners. And so investing in your learners involves also investing in in yourself. And that is, I think, uh, an investment that uh, you will benefit from uh, you know, throughout your lifelong teaching <laughs> and your life-wide teaching. The second is that, and I genuinely believe this, that whatever you do with what you've heard today or what you may have read in the, the paper um, is beneficial. It will have an impact on your learners and quite possibly on your colleagues and your community. Because what all of this does is it takes you away from the everyday experiences the everyday you know activities that we engage in and it 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 says it shows to yourself to your learners to everyone around you we care about the future we care about our learners 
future lives. We value this. Mm. And so, again, whatever you end up doing in this area will have some impact, possibly an impact that you cannot immediately recognize because it may be something that manifests itself in the future. But know that this will significantly impact your learners' lives. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking ELT. That brings us to the end of our series on self-regulated learning. And I just want to say a big thank you to Nathan, Hayo, and Fleur for joining us. We'll be back in a few weeks with another series on the topic of multimodality. If you want to hear about that, or about other important issues, make sure to like and subscribe. While you're waiting, you can download our position paper on self-regulated learning for even more practical advice and resources to empower your teaching. You can also access loads of professional development resources on our website. You'll find links to everything in the description.